I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 288 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this time around, it is a continuation of Friday, July 29th edition of Signals from Mars. I'm chopping these up into roughly an hour block because I think it's easier for people to digest as opposed to sitting there and sifting through three hours worth of content to get to what they want. So this time around... I bring you Dr. Poison, Mr. Brad Dahl, and he's, like I said, roughly around an hour here. We touch upon a bunch of different subjects, hard rock and metal things, such as uh, the David Lee Roth question that I fumbled in the last episode with Johan. How'd I know that Johan didn't like DLR? But, oh well, is what it is. But, uh, yeah, always fun to talk to Brad was on the night that he was retiring. So it was cool to have him on and talk to us about, you know, music. It's always great to catch up uh, to him. And, you know, again, Brad is one of my patrons. He's usually there on Trivia Tuesday. He tried playing from his pool this week, did not work. So uh, hopefully next week he'll play with a laptop, preferably not in the pool, but you get... What I'm talking about. Speaking of Trivia Tuesday, that's exclusively on Twitch and it's multiple choice. All you got to do is select the correct answer on the screen. The quicker you answer, the more points you get. If you don't answer correctly, you lose points. The quicker you answer wrong, the more points you lose. So there you go. Uh, Brad is there. There's a few others. And, uh, Hopefully, Twitch will be updating things so that I can have these people on the air with me so that I could get their reactions while we're playing as well. So it's always great fun. I want to send a shout out to all of my other patrons as well. Uh, $2 a month gets you in a troll-free environment, plenty of music videos. So if you don't want to uh, sit there and say, well, what? What new is coming out that, uh, that I maybe don't know about? Well, go to my Patreon. You'll find out about that on a daily basis. Patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast. Here we go with Dr. Poison. Bring uh, Mr. Brad Dahl on here. Brad, how are you today? Last day of your work? Yeah, it's a momentous day, man. After 30 years of uh, serving the fine people of Utah, this, tonight will be it. So uh, if you're going to get poisoned, tonight's the time to do it. Give me a call and I will uh, save your life. One last time. <laughs> this is your encore. This is it, man. Yeah, this there ain't going to be another one after this. I, I know, I know, Victor. You think they're going to make me uh, still stick around, but I'm pretty sure after dealing with HR for the last week or so that I'm done. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's 
pretty crazy to think that, that that's happening. Ten minutes before the end of your shift, Brad, we have another envelope that we need you to open. That envelope, that that red envelope over there on the side. That yeah, is, it is actually your renewal papers. Um, yeah. We need you for another ten years. <laughs> you know, actually, that that would be flattering. I'm I'm just a little bit disappointed nobody tried to talk me out of retiring. <laughs> what are the, what's that trying to say? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, great. Uh, they, they did give me a really uh, just super nice, incredible uh, retirement party, though. It was it was pretty dang cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going out on top. That's that's not a bad way to go. Well, congrats on your years of service. And um, I'm, I'm sure that you saved a life or two along the way. Um, you need to make a list of, uh, catchphrases that you've used over the years outside of, you know, you're going to die, but not from that, I'm, I'm yeah. sure that there's, there's a few others. <laughs> okay. Uh, Johan is uh, checking out here. Thank you, Johan, for yeah. uh, for joining me for the first hour. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear his take of on envy of none, or you guys already talk about that. We did. We didn't talk about that yet. I, I don't know if. Um, uh, real quick. Here. Yeah. Uh, have you but listened yeah, yeah. to any of the songs I, from Alex Lifeson's new band? Yeah. What do you think? I think it's it's a good band. Okay. I don't think I don't think Alex, Alex Lifeson when I hear him, but right. It's uh, I like the music. It, it's uh, to me, it's very nineties. Yes. Uh, the way it sounds, you know, very nineties um, uh, alternative rock. Uh, the singer sounds in some places like Bjork reminds me. Um, and yeah, it probably sounds closer to a band like Garbage than it does Rush. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but I have uh, I have it on my playlist, uh, the whole album. And it's, okay. Yeah, it's good, as you say. Lot. It's very nineties. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize that it came out in April. <laughs> I thought I thought it was about to come out when I I posted a new video they released today on Patreon. And I was writing it and I said, from the upcoming album. And I went to go, I said, oh, I'm going to add this song to my uh, playlist uh, because I like it. And then I look at it and I'm like, wait, the entire album is out. And on Apple Music, it says released April, whatever day it was. So that's that's what happens when you don't rub shoulders with the with the big giant axe. So, <laughs> you know, that one flew under the radar, but still have time to check it out. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, Johan, hope you have a great time tomorrow at uh, uh, Rammstein. And yeah. uh, thank you for joining us for the uh, first portion of the show. Yeah, it was really fun. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I would like to have stay on the whole show. But uh, uh, as I said, I have to drive uh, to Gothenburg and I have to drive back from Gothenburg after the show. So I need my sleep this night. That makes sense. All right. 
Thanks again, Johan. Have a safe trip and have a great show. All right. See you, Take Johan. care, boys. All right. All right. Good luck on your last day, Brad. Thank you. I, I'll, I might need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, after 30 years, you think I've, I've seen everything. And right. then last, last night, uh, mom calls up saying that she found a centipede in her child's poop. Uh, huh. So, yeah, there's, so there's two possibilities here, okay? Uh, one, which I suggested, uh, is that this kid doesn't really chew their food very well. Uh, <laughs> the other is, I mean, there's always the back door, and that's kind of creepy. Uh, right. But, yeah, the centipede was not alive, so... Um, I'm, I'm still actually now starting to think, was it really a centipede? Does she even know what a centipede is? Maybe this kid's got worms. I don't know. Could be because you would think that the centipede would be broken down by your digestive system. Exactly. Yeah. Little kids though, I, I can't remember exactly how old the kid was, but little, little kids, their stomach acid isn't quite like an adult and doesn't right. uh, break things down quite as well as, uh, as we do. But I, I mean, I've seen kids poop out a lot of weird things and that's when the parents call. Cause they didn't know. It's like, man, my kid just pooped out like a whole can of Play-Doh. I had no idea he ate the Play-Doh. Uh, I said, well, there you go. It's crayons. You know, it's like eat a box of crayons, poop a rainbow. Um, George Carlin used to always talk about uh, feeding rubber bands uh, to your dogs so that when they pooped, you had Christmas ornaments, or you could fling them at people. He said, if you put tin foil in there, you had some shiny shit, and you could hang it on the tree. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's funny because uh, I did have a dog eat a box of Hershey—not a box, but a bag of Hershey Kisses once. Right. Chocolate not good for dogs, by the way. But right. there's not like a bun, a lot of real chocolate in those Hershey Kisses, so the dog did fine. Right. But the dog pooped out a lot of foil. A whole lot of foil. Well, all the wrappers, huh? Yeah. And I think I've, I've told this story. You know, there, there seems to be like a, a holiday fixation with swallowing uh, Christmas things. Uh, we, we've already covered the whole Santa thing. Right. Uh, but I did get a call once from the nurse in the emergency room. Said, hey, I got this kid in here who swallowed the three wise men. And it turned out to be like this little thing out of a nativity scene. Mm -hmm. uh, that the family had at home for Christmas. And I said, well, the good news is, is that they're wise men. I mean, if, if, if the kid had swallowed the three dumbasses, we might have some real problems here. <laughs> uh, but I said, so they're, they're wise men. They might actually be able to figure out how to get out of there and had the nurse laughing pretty good. I said, you know, the other thing you can do is shine a light up this kid's butt and maybe they'll see it as a star and they'll go to it. Right. So. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, given Brad's retirement, he will be here all week. Um, <laughs> so maybe I can pose this question to you, which I asked to Johan, and okay. and it was a swing and a miss. Um, David Lee Roth has been oh. uh, releasing some songs lately. Um. What have your thoughts been on Diamond Dave's recent uh, music output? Because the track I I posted today on Patreon um, apparently has John Five on it, 
And, you know, John Five played on the DLR Band album, which was kind of his last, like, hard rock album. Um, so I, I personally was wanting something in that vein. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to say that I, I this is not a swing and a miss. This is kind of uh, uh, I took the pitch and maybe it was borderline. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to this yet, and I, I definitely will. I, as you know, I'm trying to catch up with all this stuff. But I do have to say, I, I heard John Five talk maybe two, three years ago that he recorded a whole acoustic more, album. With David more than Lee that, Rock. yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been quite a while, and maybe that's what this is coming out of. Um, uh, so I can't really comment on the songs because I haven't listened to it. I think it's cool that, that uh, Dave is putting out music. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if even if it's not, you know, rock or, or whatever. But I, I I I applaud anybody who's who's still doing it. And I don't know whether he'll actually ever do a show again. Uh, that'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see if that happens. I'm sure if he does that, it'll be, uh, you know, his uh, full on Vegas thing. Right. Uh, but but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think he can sing like he used to. Of course, not like he was a great singer, but I, he's still. Right. Yeah, I don't know that if people are holding on for that uh, David Lee Roth of of the late 70s, I don't think we're ever going to see that again. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have the David Lee Roth of the late 70s in the 80s. Nonetheless, now. Um, That's a fair point. I mean, when you think about it and his, his uh, time with Van Halen, how many years was it the first time around? which was the real time. How many years was he actually there where they were putting out albums? I mean, that first album came out, what, 77 or 78? 77, I think. Yeah. So seven year stretch. Yeah. 77 to 84. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they put out, you know, of course it was the days when people would put out an album every year. They put right. out a fair amount of good, well, really good music. Mm-hmm. In a relative yeah. short short period of time, I mean, that's it'll probably be more than seven years before Def Leppard does another album. <laughs> yeah, ah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> geez, yeah, the, the, you're throwing me off my game here with that quote. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, th- think about that. All those early Van Halen albums, you know, back to back to back. And even even the well, his first solo album was great. I think on par with the Van Halen albums, "Eat 'Em and Smile." You know, an interesting thing about that too is those guys were all going to get together and do um, uh, just a small set at the, this bowling alley gig that right. happens uh, in in L.A. And of course, you know, the news got out and the and the people jammed the place and the police had to shut the thing down before they could even play. And I know that I've heard Steve Vai say that he would love to get together with those guys and just do a tour. Uh, Billy Sheehan also in, because let's face it, Billy Sheehan, he'll, he'll play on anything. Uh, Greg Bissonette, he he would still be in. And uh, so the real holdout there is David Lee Roth. And, I, I don't know. Do you think if they really did that, I don't think they will, but if they did get back together, you think that would be actually an arena no. kind of selling thing? I don't. 
You don't? I don't because I think for the cult fan, it would be huge. I think that would be like an M3 situation. I think it would be a large theater, you know, there the sheds maybe. Yeah. But an arena, I mean, they would, they'd probably have to like cap it off at like eight to 10,000 people. You know, if Judas Priest is playing to that, I'd, I don't see that Dave Lee Roth with that band would be doing that. Plus, here's another thing. Dave hasn't done shit over the years to keep that music alive. He's played Yankee Rose and then everything else has been old Van Halen stuff when he's done solo tours. So he really hasn't done anything to get the casual fan to listen to this stuff. You know, to me, and this is what the rumor was at that time, is that that night they were playing with um, uh, Ralph from Steel Panther was going to was going to be the lead singer. Uh, And then the rumor was that Dave was going to come in and like do the encore. hmm. Vi, Vi, Vi does well enough as a solo artist, again, playing theaters and stuff like that, that I think you take that lineup out with, again, Ralph from, from Steel Panther, I think you, you'd you fill, you'd do a decent, you know, a, a decent haul. It won't make as much as David Lee Roth being there headlining it, but it'll sound a hell of a lot better than David Lee Roth <laughs> because you've got a guy who's still capable of, of singing those... Uh, those songs, you know? Yeah. And I, I gotta be honest. And I've only seen video clips of what Dave's doing now. It's tough for me to watch. It it's, is. And his, his in-between song banter is just, it's way just bad. It's, it's not entertaining. Right. It, it's just rambling. It, it's kind of like when, when you're, your grandpa just gets to the point where he's telling the same story over and over and over. Right. It's like, Oh, please, please grandpa, you know, drink your Metamucil. Yeah. And don't tell us that story again. So maybe that's what we should say with Dave. Drink your Metamucil, Dave. Could be. (laughs) Um, I I was going to send you links today too. I screwed up on this. I realized that, when I was when I sent you a message while I was on the air with Johan that I never sent you the links that I wanted to send you. Um, did you get to listen to by any chance the uh, new Ripper Owens song? No, I need to listen to that too. Jeez, I'm, I'm, see, here's the problem. When I when I work nights, I sleep during the day, and I actually slept right. really good today, so that was pretty awesome. So yeah, I I didn't get to hear that, and I'm anxious to hear that, right? Because uh, the Billmore Brothers. I think they're top shelf. I, I think I those guys too. write really good music. Yep. Um, uh, it's I, I find it really disappointing. I did. Did D state why he's not going to perform anymore? Is he perform? He just, and then he he took it a step further to say that he's not going to record any new music either. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a shame. I mean, but this is this is similar to D doing the podcast. I thought D thought that automatically, you know, all these people were going to flock to his podcast and, you know, it just didn't happen. You have to work at it. You know, you have to be entertaining. I think D just got 
a deal to develop. I think it's one or two movies, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take up all his time. So I, to me, I think it's kind of sad that he's decided, you know, Hey, you know, I'm putting music to the side because, you know, I'm going to make movies now. He already did that in the nineties too. And then he ended up having to come back to music because, you know, outside of metalheads, there wasn't, there, there wasn't a, an audience for, for his movies. You know, there, there is now, you know, obviously the, uh, strange lands probably influenced a lot of other movies, a lot of other horror movies that came out after, but at the time, I mean, it, it wasn't a huge, huge movie, you know, at the same time. Um, it sucks because like you're saying, those two albums they did with the Belmore brothers are beyond fantastic. You know, it's some of the best stuff he's ever recorded. I agree. hundred percent. And this, this Ripper song sounds like, you know, a obviously Ripper doing what you know him for, but also the Belmore brothers doing some heavy ass riffing and drumming, and um, and it, you know, uh, I would say that it sounds a little like heavier Priest, you know, to kind of feed into what Ripper's known for, which makes sense as well, and and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, everything that's that's on this new album, so. I was I was pleased with what I heard. Um, the other thing that I had written you about, which, you know, unfortunately, um, I didn't even know that they released a new album today until I saw, you know, I saw one site list it and I was like, okay, well, the problem is that if only one site lists it, it's usually because they messed the dates up. So I couldn't find the information anywhere else. And then all of a sudden I see new loudness video off of their brand new album that just came out today. Wow. And so I listened to the track a little bit before going live and okay. It sounds, sounds okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I like, I like my loudness, you know, fast and heavy and, you know, um, and this is kind of middle of the road type of a song. It's, mm. I get it. They're, tr- they're trying to make like a, a sing along type song. It's called, if I remember correctly, it's called EO EO. Not easy. No, not easy. <laughs> Although I do think that one of their members is a former member of easy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm, the band that is canceled on M3 more than anyone else, I think. Loudness. Oh, wait, um, no. Uh, oh, guy, what's the what's the name of those guys from Philly that finally played this last year? Brittany um, Fox. No, 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 not the not the those guys. No, the um, one I'd never heard of before. Why can't I think of the name? Shelly, help me out. The oh. band. Remember the band from Philly that show, finally showed up at M3 and they. Oh. Um, yeah, Shelly's working on it. They were actually really good, and they said they're doing a new, they've recorded a new album. It's supposed to be out this fall. We'll see if that really happens. That's the other thing. When bands come out and say, "Yeah, we've recorded a new album. It's going to be out," and then crickets. Um, <laughs> Extreme's a great example of that. I mean, before COVID, they had already recorded a brand new album. It was done. It was in the can, and by all accounts, from anybody that heard it, it was incredible. And that's been probably three years now, right? And nothing. 
But of course, Extreme it was supposed to be at M3 this last year, but Heaven's they Edge. Heaven's Edge. That's Heaven's it, Shelly. See like, that? Well done, Shelly. Yeah, those guys were actually pretty good. I expected them to fully suck, um, <laughs> but but they didn't. They didn't suck. They were they were actually pretty good. Totally uh, total eighties kind of thing. They played a song off the uh, forthcoming Maybe album. And it was it was good. It was like yeah, I'll, I'll actually I'll check this out. I'll pick this up. But back to extreme for a second. So of course they canceled M three because somebody uh, in the band or well they don't say the band but somebody in their their group right uh, had COVID which sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, guy, we're gonna go off. Uh, this is the way I live in uh, Tangent City. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So dead daisies. So they're they're. I like I like that. I mean. Who would you consider the most important person in that band is right now? Um, well, not not the bass player, unless it was me, then it would be the bass player. <laughs> but the singer, right? The singer. And well, he gets COVID, so it's like, oh, well, you know what? We'll just get two guys and, and go on without him, which I think that's kind of a, you know, a great show business wow. thing. The show, the show must go on. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, but the, the, the most important guy in Dead Daisies is the guy footing the bill. Let's be honest. Okay, Dan, you, Dan, Victor, you're 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 so on point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Without money, there's those Dead Daisies are no longer dead. They're well, they're deader than dead. They're deader than Dead Daisies. Yeah, yeah. How much money? It's like it was an Axel Rudy Pell. If I I love it when guys can actually buy success. I mean. In, <laughs> I mean, just just think, just think how famous you and I would be if we had, you know, like a, what we're not. Uh, let's say fifty million dollars to to like put into this. <laughs> yeah, we'd be we'd be at least top five podcast. <laughs> aren't 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 we aren't we now in our own minds anyway? Well, we should be. I mean, uh, you know, we so, but yeah. It's, well, of course, we got to do. You do all the heavy lifting. Um, I'm I'm just kind of like the sprinkles on the donut here. <laughs> not saying you're a donut, but I, there's nothing wrong with being a donut. <laughs> I love donuts. Oh god. Um, yeah. So Dead Daisies marching on without their singer bass player. I, I am a little disappointed they didn't call me, um, but you know it is what it is. I, I, I I've got to get my. Uh, uh, my bass playing resume ready and there you uh, go. my audition tape and get it out there for people. I don't quite have the look though. I don't know. Um, what was it? Oh, oh, it was Orianti the, the, that you just sent out her song, which by the way, I really liked it. Yeah, it was a cool. song. that was just straight, straight up rock. And um, it seems like some of the stuff she's done in the past, is, it's been okay, but it's not been, you know, super rock and it doesn't, she didn't really showcase her guitar work. Uh, this seems like it is heading in that direction. How, and, how I, I asked this uh, to to one of our patrons. How is she dating Richie Sambora? Richie's how old? Seventy what? <laughs> she's 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 in her thirties. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty messed up. Um, I don't know. Who am I to judge? Oh no, um, I, I I agree. Or, you know, I I, I agree. Yeah, you know? Shelly Shelly says he's actually sixty three. He just looks seventy three. Oh, um, could be. But uh, yeah, so he's a year older than me. Is and, he? 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, th- I think everybody, well, everybody in this room right now is going to agree that me uh, dating a 30-year-old woman is not a great idea. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look like I'm 30, though. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but, hey, I, I'll tell you what. I would play in Orianthi's band. I seriously would, man. I mean, I, I, I saw the guy in the video. He's He's got the hair. He's got the look. But he's kind of, you know, nailed down there back by the ampeg. Uh, as you know, I can't play that way. I, I got to be all over the stage. Even at, even at my, my elderly age, I still move around a lot. Um, the next so, day I don't move so much, but, uh, so you couldn't handle the discussion from Sharon Osborne saying, no. okay, I'm going to put this box, I'm going to tape this box on the stage and you can't leave it. No. If, uh, yeah. I, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I'm one of those guys that there's probably people that say like that guy's just a, a clown up there running around and stuff. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't go out there intending to do that. It just the happens. Music does. Like, the the, the music, music gets me. I mean, even when I play with the bluegrass guys, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of rock out a little bit because I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? I, I that's just that's just what I do, and and I, I don't know. I, I've heard other people complain, like. Um, uh, Jeff Pilson and Foreigner. Uh, I've seen a lot of people just rant and rant about the fact that he's up, he's up there headbanging and running around the stage and a Foreigner set. And I was like, what is this guy doing? And I'll, I'll tell you what he's doing. He's doing his job, man. He's, he's, yeah. he's up there and, and it's legit. He's rocking. I mean, he's a, he's not, a, you know, you could, you could tell guys on stage that it's, it's all just a show. You know, and it's not it's not legit. You know, they're not they're not just feeling the music and I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a stand there guy. I can't I can't I just can't stand there. So. So uh, as per Wikipedia and a few other sites on the Internet, Orianthi and Richie Sambora, 63, as as your <laughs> wife pointed out, um, yeah, bless his heart. Took a break in 2018. So look at that. Me just shooting out nonsense. So Yeah, no, she's uh yeah, I think that the Richie ship is um it sailed away and I it might have even sank. <laughs> I I mean poor Richie. Uh, he's a good guitarist. I don't know that I'd say he's a great guitarist. Um, definitely the the most rocking element of of what was Bon Jovi. Um, I think they definitely upgraded uh, with. Uh, yeah, I think they definitely uh, upgraded there uh, with Phil X. Phil X, by the way, he should be a lot bigger than he is. I, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, he's just enormous, and and he yeah. writes really good stuff. I mean, I don't. I don't get it. He should be writing an album for Bon Jovi as opposed to, you know, it had Bon Jovi had written, have written, there's a song off of his last solo album called, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, I Love You Something. Um, mm. Well,
But yeah, Orianthi is uh, 37, by the way. Okay. She's a kid. Come in comparison to him, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd still play in her band. So there you go, Orianthi, if you're watching this right now. That guy, that guy who, who looks all rock starish and stands there by his ampeg. Um, yeah, if, if he gets tired of standing there, give me a call. So the track is called I Love You on Her Lips. Oh. Is the name of the song. If John Bon Jovi recorded that song, instant hit. Yeah. But. But what if John Bon Jovi actually sang it? Studio, <laughs> studio magic. Studio magic. Phil, Phil X is a great singer, too. I mean, he's, he he's the song. Yeah, he's the he's the triple threat, man. He can play guitar, he can sing, and he's a good painter, from what I understand. So there you go. Yeah, and he's he seems like a fun dude. I I'd hang with him. Yeah. So people um, that should be bigger. People I blame I blame his uh his PR firm. He needs he needs Nikki Law on the case, or hopefully hopefully she's not his PR person. No, she's not. Which, by the way, nice interview with her. I finally got to listen to the whole thing. Oh, cool! Yeah, glad great. you enjoyed it. Yeah, great, great, great stuff. Um, yeah, I, I've been wanting to interview her for some for some time now, for a bunch of years. I've asked every so many years, and it's always been, "Oh no, you know, not." I don't do that. I don't do that. And then finally, when I saw she made a post on social media saying, "Hey, I'm open to doing interviews," like a second later, I wrote her. I'm like. Um, interview time. Hello. And, um, and yeah, I, you know, uh, I've always wanted to interview people from other parts of the music industry who are important cogs in the machinery behind a lot of the bands that we listen to. And, you know, obviously she's helped bring a lot of bands to my attention. Um, I wouldn't have done all those, uh, armored saint interviews without her over the years. Oh, so, nice. um, so yeah. Um, and she's always been, you know, it's funny because I write her an email requesting a band and we end up, you know, catching up and it's 20 emails two days later, <laughs> you know, where we've been going back and forth. So it was cool. So I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I, again, I also think, although uh, I may have lost some people, but I do think that uh, some of the things that we touch upon were important. Uh, I think to me, it's uh, it's a shame that in 2022, there's still a Neanderthal uh, mindset behind the scenes. <laughs> so good on her for starting her own shop and, and doing what she wants to do. So, Yeah, it's uh, well... Yeah, which that, that kind of stuff's just weird to me because, uh, I mean, for the past, well, 30 years, uh, my boss has always been a woman. And <laughs> I, I, never, I never looked at it that way. I always just right. looked at it. It's, it's my boss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I see the world differently than, than other people. I, I, I see people as people. Right. Um, no matter what's coming out of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> well. You see that you see some as dumbasses. Well, there, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole, a whole lot of dumbassery that I that I deal with, but yeah. uh, I, 
hey, we're all, we're all God's children. So there you go. Um, let's see. An- another thing that I wrote down here that I wanted to bring up uh, is that I guess on Eddie Trunk show earlier this week, both Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante of Anthrax have confirmed all of the Pantera rumors. And they've both gone on to say that essentially it's a celebration of the band's music, that um, they're not trying to replace anyone, but trying to get as close as possible to the, you know, to to the two Abbott brothers who have since passed away. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, we mentioned Armored Saint a second ago, and we're talking about Charlie and Anthrax. Anthrax have finally decided to do one song from the John Bush era um, on this latest tour. I think, again, it's a similar deal where, you know, there's a whole decade of music that that band released that because Joey wasn't in the band, they no longer play. And I get that, you know, I this week on the Patreon um podcast i i talked about how you know joey said oh we don't even get to play a lot of the stuff from my era that we want to play um to an extent i get that but i also think that you know his comparison was you know when david lee roth came back to van halen he wasn't singing any of the sammy material but that to me is kind of foolish because anthrax was never on Van Halen's level and they've got a big, you know, they've got a huge percentage of, of diehard fans that I don't think, you know, to the diehards, that's a surprise. You know, that's something different in their set list uh, as opposed to, you know, a Van Halen fan who all of a sudden, you know, David Lee Roth is trying to sing, why can't this be love? <laughs> I think a, a lot of people would be like, what the hell's he doing? As opposed to, you know, with Anthrax, I think a lot of people would say, wow, it's awesome that they've brought this one out of the woodworks. So, yeah, I, I think it all depends on the, the, the singer and uh, I've, and the quality of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if it's a, all of that John Bush stuff is just fantastic. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, I, I kind of get, you know, that Joey was, I mean, that was a tough period of time for him when he was basically right. kicked out of the band. Right. And then, yeah, I, I can see why he wouldn't grab onto those songs fondly and say, oh, I really want to sing this. Uh, mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, I would kind of take it as a, ch- if it was me as a singer, Right. I would take it as a challenge. I'd be like, okay, I want to prove to you guys why I should have stayed in the band and mm-hmm. I'm going to sing this song and show you guys it should have been me singing and not. Right. Exactly. That. No, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, that's the, that's the thing. Um, the song that they're playing now is only, and the previous few times that he's sung it, he hasn't sounded good. The, what I saw from the first date of their tour he sounded really good singing the song so i mean kudos to him and the band for bringing it back and giving it another shot um i think what we ultimately need here just to kick things off is they need to go out and do an anthrax armored saint tour even if it's just like a month or two 
have somewhere in the middle of Anthrax's set, have John Bush come out, do three, four songs from his era, and then have them, you know, wrap it up with both singers out on stage. That would be that would be so unbelievably badass. And as a fan, yeah, I I would I would actually travel to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you just wonder though if if there's just so many interpersonal things that would keep that from happening uh, right. within band, which is which is kind of silly. I mean, you, you know, you, these are not kids anymore. Right. Uh, you think you think it. You know, when you get to be my age, you you start thinking more about life differently. It's like you know what? Let's let's have fun. Let's right. uh, let's just get out there and just have a blast, man. Let's not worry about well, you know, you did this thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's sell it. Let's just let's let's have a blast and celebrate this music. And uh, I I think that is an incredibly great idea. I don't see it happening, but. Right. You know, uh, you know, let's let's see. But we, we kind of we should go back to Pantera for just a moment. OK. Uh, and full disclosure, I'm not the, the world's greatest Pantera fan. Okay. I was once uh, picked up by these guys to go to a show and it uh, that was thrown in the back of this guy's Jeep. And he had this unbelievable sound system uh, that was louder than loud. And he played Pantera nonstop for what felt like three hours. <laughs> and I don't. I, it was just like uh, it was. It, it was just a little bit too much for me uh, right. at the time. I was like, okay, I. I don't know. I, I, I maybe I, I've just had enough Pantera. Is that is that possible? I I I think I think these guys should be able to go out and do this and call it, it call it Pantera, whatever. And I, I do understand the people that are all upset about, you know, oh, it's disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. It's it's respectful. It's respectful to want to play those songs. Of course, you can say, no, they're just doing it for the money. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but if if they if they're doing it well and. You know, it's it's it'll be the only chance for a lot of people to see these songs played right. live. By, right. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Half, half of the original band. And and part of I've always said this with Kiss, um, mm. Zach Wild and Charlie Benante aren't exactly slouches. They're not picking no. up, you know, two twenty-year-olds so that they can you know make the most amount of money and just kind of mail it in. You know, they're they they didn't pick two guys that okay, we're gonna take you know ninety percent of the money. You guys each take five percent. And give it your all every night. No, they're taking big name, you know, known commodities who can play. And even from the interview, Charlie says, you know, I'm going to try to play these as close to what how Vinny played them, you know, because I don't want it to be, oh, it's the anthrax guy in Pantera, you know. So, you know, they're trying to be respectful. They're trying to make it work. And, you know, again, I've said this a million times. Are they supposed to just pack it up and start painting houses? Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I got a hot take for you. Um, Charlie and Zach will be the better half of the band. <laughs> no doubt. 
That, and I mean, that's, that's that's what the real shame is. That's where the real. Yes. I mean, people shouldn't be upset about Charlie and Zach being in the band. They should be upset about the guys that are the original guys that are still in the band. It's like I, I don't know. But I, that's that's similar to the whole Peter Chris argument. Oh, he can still do it. Oh no, he can't. Yeah, he can. No, you know, he he hasn't been able to do it. I remember when. They played for he played with Frank Bello of Anthrax and he played with Bumblefoot and they played um, uh, Eddie Trunk's birthday. And they had to slow the songs down tremendously because Peter just couldn't play them, you know, at, at the regular speed. And then he was off throughout the songs. You know, it was just it was heartbreaking for someone that, you know, when you grow up on someone's playing and they're a huge influence on you picking up the instrument. It's disheartening, you know, and I get it. He's in his seventies. Um, so physically it's, it's demanding, but don't no, go no. in there. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to flip that because just cause you're in your seventies doesn't mean you still can't play. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of dudes out there. And oh yeah. Me rapidly approaching uh, that that age, um, there's plenty of dudes out there that are still killing it in their seventies. Right. So I mean, are the you know Brad years, Victor years, Peter Chris years, not equal. I mean, his are his are more like well, cat years, I guess. I guess um, you know the the, the again um, yes. Uh, Gene, I mean, he couldn't play. Okay, the first the first Kiss reunion. All right. Uh, I was I was excited like everybody else. I paid the big money, went to the arena, and I was heartbroken. I was like, "This is not the Kiss that I grew up with." Right. This is, uh, I mean, Peter Chris could barely play. Uh, I guess they, they had to install triggers on the drums because he couldn't hit them hard enough to make them sound like anything. Yeah, well, but that, I don't know if that's true. But that's but here's here's the thing. I mean, there's a big misnomer with with triggers that a lot of people read into the, the press and whatnot. <laughs> a, tr- a trigger is no different than having a pickup on a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, you can set up a, a trigger to do that To You have pre-recorded sounds so that when he's hitting a specific Tom or the bass drum or the snare, usually the only thing that's triggered is usually the, the bass drum and the snare. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Tommy Aldridge, how old is he? But Tommy Aldridge bikes a hundred, uh, a hundred and something uh, kilometers a day <laughs> when he's not playing, when he's playing, he does, um, I don't know how many hours of on the bike um, he's apparently been alcohol and drug free for like 40 years. So it, that all, and he still kills it. I mean, you, 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 you think, okay, I'm going to go see Tommy Aldridge now and playing. I don't know how old he is. He's got to be in his seventies. Right. And you gotta, you know, you figure, uh, he's not going to be as good. Well, maybe he's not quite like he was, you know, 50 years ago. But he's damn good, man. I, I'll I'll throw anybody up against Tommy Aldridge is playing now. So so yeah. So I'm gonna just say that the age thing is I P- 
Peter Chris is he just, he just physically just can't do it anymore. And his, his body left this planet a long time ago. So, so yeah. So if you're going to, if you, if you want the band to continue, whatever the band is, whether it's kiss, whether it's Pantera, whether it's great white, we can get into that discussion. If you want the band to continue and you're going to replace somebody for hell's sake, replace them with an upgrade. Yeah. 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 Let's not get somebody who's worse. Um, let's get somebody who's really, really good. Uh, I think Pantera has done that. Mm-hmm. Of course, we won't know till we, they actually start playing. Right. Um, and uh, and if anything does suck about it, I bet it's not going to be the drummer or the guitar player. <laughs> right. Um, um, so Tommy Aldridge is 71. 71. And Peter mm-hmm. Chris is 76. Yeah. So even then, wind the clock back. How old was Peter Chris back in uh, 96 when they did the reunion? Well, uh, <laughs> my brain's fried. I can't do the math, but he is, he was young ish. He was in his, he was like 50. All right. So let's see. 2022 minus 1996 is 26 years. So yeah, he was 50. Yeah. 50 years old. He was 50 years old and he sucked. <laughs> Victor, you're 49, right? I'll be 49. Okay. Okay. So you got a whole nother year before you suck. (laughs) (laughs) If you were Peter Chris, that's, that's debatable. I'm sure plenty of people listen to my podcast and, and I've been saying that for years. So Victor mastered sucking 10 years ago. What are you talking about? He's going to take it to a whole new level when he turns 50. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) No. Um, yeah, so so I'm I'm just gonna say age. Forget, forget about forget about age. Let's just let's just look at the person, the player. Uh, forget about gender, the whole thing. Um, right. Yeah. Let's just let's let, let's just look at how well people play. Ability. Uh, I I say that I want the I want this music to continue. I want to rock. I want to catch every moment I can before the bands I love die. Right. Uh, I, because it's going to happen, right? And then there, there, there's not a lot of. There are some uh, youngsters that are that are out there rocking. Will they ever be able to fill the void? I don't know. Um, right. Only time will tell. I mean, we could go on to let's see who are, who are the uh, Lars Ulrich's kids. Is that what you posted this week? Mm-hmm. I loved what I loved that song, and I loved what those guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and, and let's face it, they got money behind them too. Absolutely. That is a huge influence. <laughs> so here's the, here's the real question about that. If you're, if your dad is a legit rock star worth, you know, millions and millions of dollars and you want to be a musician, but you don't have to do it the old fashioned way where you, you just slave it out in the, in the garage uh, you play the clubs, uh, you, you know, taking every little gig you can for no money. And you do that for years and years, write songs, put it all together. And then finally, you know, become somebody, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't have to do that, like, obviously these kids won't have to do that. I mean, they're already making a video. I don't, how old are those guys anyway? Do we early twenties? Okay. 
Yeah. Um, you know, are they, are they, are they, you know, can you be famous without hard work? Well, I guess Machine Gun Kelly has proven, yes, you can be famous without putting in hard work. <laughs> right. Sorry, I got to get in my my uh, daily Machine Gun Kelly jab. Uh, I still haven't heard one of his songs. That's, that's what my next question was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I really need to before I can um, uh, slag him appropriately. Uh, properly, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's fun to it's fun to make fun of people when you have no idea what they're about, though. <laughs> uh, and and let's face it, if I was him, I, I'd say make fun of me all you want because guess what I got waiting for me at home. Yeah. Aside, aside from Megan Fox, um, the money. <laughs> the money. Yeah, I'll, th- I'll take both those things, <laughs> Bob. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, so so yeah, so back to kids of of, of rock stars um, actually being successful. There, there's been a few. Um, let's see, who is it? Uh, Bob Dylan's kid. Yeah, Jacob. Jacob, uh, John Lennon's kid. But did they really, really have a career? Um, I don't know. They had a moment, right? I think that's their assessment. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at the Zappa kids, you know, how they they came out wanting to be, you know, a rock, a rock thing. Dweezil did a few albums. Him and Ahmed got together, did the Z thing for two albums now and <laughs> toured. Yeah, toured clubs and that fell apart. And then Dweezil's like, well, you know, what? I'm just going to play my dad's music and actually make decent money. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I mean, it's great for people who love Frank Zappa's music, but it's kind of a shame that here's a guy that's really talented, uh, can write really good music, but he's mm-hmm. not going to because, gee, that's that's a lot of work. And what am I getting for it? You know, playing. And then you have the, the flip side to that is Wolfgang Van Halen. Oh who, yeah, who's been you know steadfast at not doing the Van Halen stuff, or he wants to do his own stuff instead. He's he's actually a great example of somebody who uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually like his album a lot. Uh, I really wanted to see him when he was here, but it was COVID was blowing up at the time and I couldn't with good conscience go out there. Right. Um, I, I'm hoping that he does another tour and I would love to see his band and and uh, and check it out. And I hope he's got some legs to it. I, I hope it's not like, yeah, you know, I did an album, I did a tour. Now I think I'm going to go sit on the beach and eat donuts. Right. You know, I, I hope that, you know, it, go, it goes back to, yeah, if you've, if you've already got the millions, mm-hmm. you know, are you, are you going to work at it? Are you going to put the time in? Are you going to try to grow this thing and really make a career? Do you have that passion in you that's going to make you want to keep Recording and touring. Yeah, he's talked about, well, he's supposedly going to record his second album when he wraps up his tour. So I think it'll be interesting to see what he's written, if it's along the lines of the first album, if he's, you know, evolved any. um, Because I think he's got a lot of people rooting for him, you know? Yeah, he's also got a lot of haters. Um, but I think that also has a lot to do with the fact that 
Um, it's easy to hate on him because yep. first of all, he likes to answer people. And second of yeah. all, you know, you've got a lot of these clowns that will just set up a fake, you know, Twitter account just to be like, who, who, who I fucked with Wolfgang, you know, as opposed to, you know, because the same people that are posting this stuff, it reminds me of a guy that I ran into the show a few years ago. He was making, he was, saying how crappy a band was. And then once it was all said and done, he was like the first guy in line asking them for a pick. (laughs) So if the band sucks, why are you asking them for a fucking pick? Yeah, that's a weird part of the population that I'm okay not understanding. And uh, yeah, and uh, I'm okay if, if I didn't never had to deal with that kind of person. Right. Uh, yeah, but I but I figure every time every time that I get to hang out with you here, mm-hmm. it's another chance to get trolled. So, <laughs> come on, boys, what do you what do you got what do you got for us? Right. Would, would that be a sign of success, Victor? If we if we got trolled here, would we would we put that as a badge of honor? It's like, hey, look, we're actually getting trolls now. Yeah, I think that would show that people are paying attention. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Now, maybe I get my uh, brother to pay somebody to troll us. There you go. <laughs> um, you brought up Great White. Have you listened oh. to anything with uh, Andrew Freeman singing? I have not. Um, um, here, here's the thing, and I know you're on the same page with me on this. I, it, it's weird that to think that there's only one person that can sing those songs properly. Right. Uh, but I kind of, I, I'm kind of in that camp until I hear somebody else come out and sing those songs and really, really knock it out of the park. I mean, when you got somebody like Terry Luce who can really sing, that guy mm-hmm. can really sing, sing great live still. And I don't know, he's older than me. He can still sing his ass off live. Right. But those songs are just so unique and, and um, yeah, another voice just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Uh, from what I understand, I, I've not seen Jack Russell's great white. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, from what I understand, he's singing great. I, I'm not as great as he was back then. And he's not sitting on a stool singing. Uh, I know he can't move around like he used to, but, uh, he's, he's still up there. Uh, Andrew Freeman can really sing. And not only that, but he's an incredible front man. I, I, I've seen him a few times doing things. And uh, the guy, the guy's a, a legit entertainer, and he and he's got the goods to to back it up. Mm-hmm. And the rest of that great white band is is boring, <laughs> really boring. I mean, oh my gosh, Michael Lardy uh, playing keyboards and guitar. He 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 makes Jonathan Kane look like a rock star. <laughs> well, they don't talk about it. Yeah, here we go. Let's just, I'm just going to full on roast people now. You know, we saw Journey a a month or so ago. Jonathan Cain, why, you know, I guess it's for legal reasons. He's still in the band. If you're going to upgrade that band, replace him. I mean, he brings (laughs) nothing to the show. When he's playing guitar, the hilarious thing is he, he, he he like brings out this badass Gibson Explorer. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, I think Gibson should be the first people to rush the stage and say, no. We don't want you playing our guitar <laughs> right. because let's face it, you're really not playing guitar. 
Right. You're not even modeling it well. You don't look cool. You look like, um, I don't know, somebody that's been plucked out of an office somewhere uh, <laughs> that's on his coffee break and he's pretending to be a rock star. Then you're not even doing a good job of it. I mean, Journey actually hired, has a keyboard player in the band. Gee, why do they need another keyboard player? Right, right, right. No, it's yeah. what you said. It's legal reasons. Yeah, he's there. He's there because he's got a chunk of the the name and 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 I got to tell you that new album. I know uh, um, Jeremy really likes it, mm-hmm. and I finally listened to the whole thing. And I, I don't know if it's just the production or to the or the songs or I, I just found it just average at best mm-hmm. it really and i know i've only listened to it once i haven't given it the full victor m ruiz test where i got to listen to it <laughs> twice and i'll i will i will get there i i'm not going to stop listening to it I, and i won't stop believing there you go but it's i'm not impressed a lot of it sounds like neil sean's uh solo stuff sonic wise yeah there's there's one song on there it's okay. Let's write something that sounds like separate ways, but you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of touch on that, and yeah, I'm actually okay with a, a a band with that kind of a legacy, kind of paying homage to their right, right, um, right to the to their old stuff, and kind of tipping the hat, uh, maybe a lyric or maybe a, a little, you know, you know, saw passage in the song that kind of like right. ah i see what you guys are doing there yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that I don't, I don't blame them that i mean if they were totally copying the song it's like this sounds exactly like that right and then, then I, w- I would say that's that's pretty lame it's like just play that song right uh yeah so the, yeah so journey live i mean they were they were good i thought arnell was is actually really really good there's people that are probably going to claim that it wasn't him really singing but he he was running around. In fact, he was running around the stage, jumping off stuff. And I think it was uh, Shelley who said <laughs> that oh, he's running around too much. Mm-hmm. I said, "Do you realize who you're sitting next to?" Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> running around too much. I, I I it felt legit to me. It didn't seem like an act. I mean, the guy the guy was having fun. He sang really really well. The rest of the band uh, didn't bring a whole lot to the party. Dean as a monster drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his the worst thing for me in that gig is the sound man was just awful. Uh, the the toms on the drum were almost non-existent, so wow. the kick the kick and the snare was there, but it, it didn't even really sound that great. Um, the EQ was just off on both of those things. But when he did tom stuff, you couldn't hear anything. Wow. It was like, uh, yeah, it's like this is. I mean, this is a guy who deserves to be heard. Um, why? What are you? What are you doing here? Right. It doesn't make uh, yeah. too much sense, does it? Yeah, and the bass, the bass player, um, who I guess is uh, the guy from the original Bad English, uh, Todd Jensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he needs a little Rogaine, by the way. Just going to throw that out there, Todd. I can help you out with that Rogaine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I I respect you for hanging on to the hair, but you know you, you could just use a little bit of extra quaffing there. Uh, his bass sounded awful. Awful. I don't know that he has any idea how bad it sounded out there. I mean, he's playing this a music man stingray where the pickup set way back by the bridge. And mm-hmm. then he's playing right over that pickup on the bridge. So the tone is just very, very trebly and flat and there's no bottom to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. I could go off on that. Cause I know they had, um, Oh guy, what's his name that was in the dead daisies for a while. And, um, Marco Mendoza. Out. Yeah. Marco Mendoza. He actually was part of this. Uh, when Randy Jackson couldn't do the tour, they got Marco in there and, right. uh, Neil dismissed him because he was playing too many notes. He wasn't playing the songs the way they were recorded. And so he wasn't happy with that, which that, that sounds kind of weird. Marco Mendoza is a great bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think he probably would have been awesome. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But but Neil's in his seventies, right? So Neil can still play. You can't overshadow, you know, the center of attention, unfortunately, you know? Wow. That's a that's a that's a great point. Well, all right, so there you go. Journey. But I'll tell you what, they filled that place. I mean, this is an arena. It's the arena where the Jazz play over 20,000 seats. Oh, wow. And it was packed. I mean, I, I I, mean, I shot a video of panning the arena, and even way, way up there, the seats were just packed, and people were loving it and going nuts. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm impressed that Journey can pack this place. I mean, that, that's impressive. Did they so, play alone or with someone else? No, Toto Toto was warming up. Okay. And, you know, I know there's a lot of Toto haters out there, but uh, I'm going to say that you've never actually listened to their music because they've got some, just, I mean, they're all monster players for number one, but forget about that. They've got some really great songs too, but they were awesome. And here's the other thing is that Toto, I've never heard a band sound good in that arena. In fact, I pretty mm-hmm. much refused to go to see a concert there because the sound is so right. bad. Toto sounded fantastic. Wow. You could hear everything. No, I took the earplugs out. It wasn't crazy ass loud. You could hear bass, guitar, keyboards, drums. You could hear everything, all the vocals, the backing vocals. I was like, oh my gosh, how is this sounding so good? And then I was so excited. Journey comes on and they sound like crap. So that so that shows you that uh their sound person was just crap at what they're doing that's surprising because a band like that you would expect that they would have a good sound person yeah so it can be done so i'm i'm gonna throw out a challenge to all the sound men out there make the band sound good for hell's sake right i don't i don't i feel like i i start to wonder am i the only one here who really cares that this sounds like crap (laughs) well because you kind of look around you're like everybody's smiling and singing and i'm like cringing i'm going god this is i want it to sound good yeah. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it could be that their regular sound guy just wasn't with them or. You there know, you go. Was, Maybe he had COVID. Could be. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, yeah, we could go off on a whole random sound stuff. So let's see, where did we go here? We're talking about kids of par- famous uh, rock star parents being successful. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Wolfgang. I, I'm pulling for yeah. the kid. Um, I know that a, for, uh, a friend of ours who used to hang out with us, Jerry, he took a lot of pot shots at Wolfgang. <laughs> and um, I don't know. You got to look in the mirror. I'm just saying, man, if, you, if you're if you really going to tear somebody down here, I, right after I just say, you know, I'm bagging on Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I just do that for entertainment purposes. I don't really know that he sucks. I'm just right. guessing that he sucks. So I'm not going to say that he sucks. So, um, well, so here's here's my question to you. Okay. Um, would you prefer to play bass with Orianthi? Ooh. 
Journey or Blue Oyster Cult? Oh, Blue Oyster Cult, hands down. <laughs> yeah. That's, I grew up on that stuff. That's like some of the first music I ever played on bass. And I've loved those guys since 1974. Mm-hmm. And um, which they're doing something really badass here in September. And I, I want to go to this so bad. They're playing uh, uh, the Sony Theater in New York. You ever been there? Or is that past your time? Been How big is that place? It's like a uh, theater, right? Yeah, I think it seats like about 8,000, I think. Wow, really? Okay, well, that is pretty big. Maybe I can still do this. So they're doing three nights in a row at Sony Theater in New York. The first night, they're playing the entire first album. And they're having Al Bouchard, original member, come back and play with them. And then they're coming, they're taking a break and coming back and doing a whole nother hour of deep cuts. Oh, wow. Now, the next night, they're playing the entire second album taking a break, coming back, doing another hour of different deep cuts than they Uh played the first night. The third night, they're doing the complete third album, taking a break, and a third hour of deep cuts that they didn't play the previous two nights. Wow. How insane is that? These guys are are in their mid-70s. I mean, Eric Bloom is, what, 77? Mm -hmm. They're doing three nights of over two hours a night, and all different songs, not one song repeated, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing they're not going to do Godzilla every night. They're not going to do Don't Fear the Reaper, and they're not going to do um, Burning for You every night. But maybe they will as they encore. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just gave away each night's closer. There you go. But I want to go. I want to go to that so bad. And, um, and I'm wrong. It's a 1500 seater. Okay. <laughs> That's still that. that's still enough that maybe I'll be able to get seats. I did look at tickets and the the three night packages was all sold out, but you could buy tickets for each night individually. So I might I might still do that. I just gotta I gotta figure the logistics of this of, of going to this. But I mean, for somebody, of course, it's always a roll of the dice when bands get this old. Because I, I I went through a few years where Boys to Colt really did they really weren't great live. They weren't mm-hmm. they were just barely good. Uh, saw them at M3 a couple of months ago, and they were actually really good. And so it, I, I'm holding out hope that they that this show would be actually really good. So, yeah, will it be like the 70s? No. Will it be like they're in their 70s? Yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, I had uh, Take Me Away come on my playlist today. I, love, I love that song. All right. Yeah, I, lo- I love that song. It's a yeah, Aldo Nova wrote that for that. Right, you you informed me of that the last time that I yeah. put the song up. Um, so yeah, so we, we talk about bands like we talk about Anthrax and uh, you know doing stuff for the fans. Blue Oyster Cult is doing something for the fans, and so I, I give them totally I give cool. them full credit for that. Yeah, I mean it's like they, they could be you know we'll get paid the same going out and just doing the same old set we've been doing all year for mm-hmm. an hour and 15 minutes, but no, we're going to do something just totally insane. Right. Without teleprompters. <laughs> well, as you've mentioned before, Richie has been the guy that's kind of kicked that band in the ass. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, him and the the drummer, um, uh, Jules Randino, I believe is his name. He's he's in a he's a really good drummer, and so 
I mean, to me, that's the most important part of a band. I think you would agree with me. Right. That if the drummer, to me, if the drummer is really good, even if the band is just, okay, Slaughter's a great example of this. <laughs> even if the band is just not that great, if the drummer's really good, it can still make it really enjoyable right. to, to sit there and, and listen to. Um, but, if, but if the drummer sucks, even if the rest of the band's great, you can't, you can't rescue that. It's, you just can't. You can't get over that hump. Yeah. You can, uh, get, over, you can get over a bad bass player. Sorry, bass players. <laughs> Blitz from Overkill, when I interviewed him once, said that. He said, if you have a shit drummer in a band, said your performance is going to be shit. Because yep. he said, the drummer always steers the ship live. And if, and if they're not, you know, if they're not steering the ship, and at the time it was when um, uh, Ron Lipnicki had joined Overkill, he basically mm-hmm. said, if if you don't have the proper drummer to steer the ship and and you know steer the rudder in the right direction, band is no good live. So, yep, yeah, I know from personal experience playing in uh, cover bands where. It's like, hey, you know, we want to we want to cover this song, but the drummer didn't really want to do it, but he kind of got pushed into doing it, and then live basically sabotaged it. It's like that that which that's the lamest thing you can do as a musician. I've um, I've I've been forced into that situation, but I've never done that because good. that's that's because you're a professional, man, and and that's 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 what I do. I mean, I've played so many songs that I really didn't want to yeah. play, but you know what, when I play them, I give it hundred percent, man. I'm, I'm all in. It's not, it's like, why is Brad just standing there doing this song? It's like, hell no, man. I'm running. I'm still rocking out. I'm going to give it a, here's a great example. Um, we were in this band back in the seventies and the drummer really loved uh, Neil Young, which mm-hmm. to me, some of the least exciting music ever written. Uh, and he wanted to play cinnamon girl. And so me and the guitar player are like, all right, we'll do it. And I'll tell you what, man, we rocked the crap out of that song. The yeah. funny thing is, you know, the, the lead in that song is just one note. He just keeps playing one right. note for the whole entire lead break. It's hilarious. <laughs> so our guitar player would do that. He'd start the, for the first, you know, four bars, just and then and then the last four, he would just shred. And right. it was it was just like a. a a moment of musical brilliance where I, Hey, we're, we're actually rocking out cinnamon girl dudes. Yeah. We're, we're laying, laying into this thing hard and we're having a blast playing it. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't, I would never intentionally listen to that song. Yeah. So, yeah. In any event, Brad want to thank you for being on here tonight. Uh, we have uh, my pleasure. We have Mr. Dan Lorenzo coming up next. And, Holy crap, we've been talking for a long time. How did that happen? Yeah, who who knew? Who knew two yeah. big mouths could talk this long? Yeah, uh, have, have a fun chat with Dan, man. Thanks, thanks Victor. Right. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy, everybody. And uh, I, I'll see you on the other side. Tonight's it. If you're yeah. going to get poisoned and you want to talk to Dr. Brad, tonight's the night. Yeah, well, good good luck on your retirement night. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, Appreciate man. it. All right. Okay. See you. Rock out. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 